You're listening to the Church of Christ podcast. My name is Levi Christ. I am an artist, an actor, and spiritual practitioner. And this season, I am turning the lyric into the lesson. The song is the sermon. I'm going to pick a song of mine, do a deep dive, and come out with a practical spiritual principle that I believe will help you get tangible results on your way to radical self-improvement. Hey, you bless me for being here, and I'm going to do my best to bless you back. Let's feel good right here, right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Church of Christ podcast. My name is Levi Christ, and uh, it's so great that you come back to listen to these podcasts. I, I so enjoy this season, and I've enjoyed... I've enjoyed the feedback where you guys have said like, oh, I've heard this song and I had this idea of what it was. And then you did the podcast on the song and gave the backstory and the meaning behind it. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. Like, that's been so fun because I know so many of you guys have had these, you know, conversations about these songs for years. And so it's really fun to do a deep dive with them. And hey, if you've been enjoying this format of season two, I would love a review. You know what to do. Tap tap the star, tap five stars, drop a few words, letting me know what you think about the podcast. As you know, it really does a lot for the visibility of the podcast. I want you to take 30 seconds to do that. Please, please, please. Um, it really helps a lot. And listen, you already know if you screenshot your review and email it to me at Levi at LeviChrist.com or post it on Facebook or Instagram and tag me at Levi Christ, you are immediately eligible for a price package valuing over $200 that I'm going to pull a name out of a hat in December and I'm going to give it away and you're going to be eligible because you did that. So take 30 seconds, even if you don't want to follow through for the price package, your view makes a difference. And I appreciate you, you doing that. Things have been good. I can't believe we're in the middle of August. I mean, cruising through this year and I have enjoyed diving into the songs from my album, The Gospel According to Levi. This was a religion versus sexuality type of album. It really sort of dug up all of the history that I have had with growing up in the church and growing up as a Christian singer, gospel song singer. Um, and what that meant for someone who was six years of conversion therapy and um very sincere boy growing up. And I think one of the interesting things that I run into looking at all of these songs from this album is um, a balance that I feel like as I'm older and reading through these lyrics, that I'm a little bit more capable of striking a balance between um, activism and empathy, fight and empathy. Um, and knowing how to fight from a place that is non-ego and when to have empathy for someone who just might have a different interpretation of the world. Um, it's a difficult balance to strike, obviously, and it becomes the conversation when looking at this album, The Gospel According to Levi. Today, I want to dive into the song, Bittersweet salvation. <laughs> By the way, my, my husband is so funny. Um, week by week as he listens to me dive into the gospel according to Levi, he's like, okay, so I really know who you really, I know who you really are, Levi. You're, you're actually inside. You're Kristen Stewart in Twilight and you're like totally like our 
Christian, but like anti-Christian, but like, <laughs> he goes, that's kind of who you are. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're kind of right. But this song, Bittersweet Salvation, was, was a difficult pill for some people in my life to swallow because for all intents and purposes, it was a an announcement uh, no, what's what's the right word? It is um, a um, oh, I can't think of the word. It's it, it denouncing. We'll just go with that. De- renouncing, renouncing traditional Christianity as we know it. And so I want to dive into these lyrics a little bit and see what you all think about this. Now, mind you, this was really like a time in my artistic career where like just finding a voice. I had years and years of pent-up anger and frustration that I was channeling through this album. And uh, let's dive into the lyrics. So, first one. You told me nothing good would I find inside. Okay, let's stop right here because this is amazing to me. This deals with Christianity's idea of original sin, that you... Who you are fundamentally is flawed. Who you are fundamentally is riddled with sin. And by your very nature, you are separate from God. <clears throat> Can you feel me already getting getting ready to address that right there? Okay, so... Every major world religion has its own version of what I'm about to say, and Christianity's version is a little different, but at least when you receive Christ, according to them, then you are in the I am-ness that Christ speaks about in the New Testament. But um, the fundamental fact remains, we grow up in Christianity being told that who we are is separate from God, who we are, that we are, that we are inherently, um, by who we are because of we're riddled with sin, that God would naturally turn his face from us. I cannot stand behind this anymore. You know that I have spoken about this a hundred times on the podcast, that I believe that there is one power and one presence in this universe. It is infinite love, infinite love, infinite prosperity, infinite potentiality, infinite grace and ease and love and joy and peace and power and wisdom, infinite one source that runs through all of life. You can see it, that it is exemplified in all of nature. Nature itself knows in this intelligence how to grow, to regenerate itself, to renew itself to a state of wholeness at all times. It's always, always expressing order, harmony, grace, and ease. Nature itself is the very outpicturing of this infinite intelligence that runs through all life. We are not separate from this infinite intelligence either. We too exemplify this infinite potential, this infinite love, this infinite possibility, this infinite wisdom, this infinite joy and peace and wholeness and perfection and completion. That is the truth of who we are. We are made in the image of God, of source, of universe. A drop in the ocean is not the whole of the ocean, but within it contains all the properties of the ocean, and so you are as God. 
you are not the whole of God, but you are a drop of God, a breath of God, an expression of God, and within you already is inherent all the qualities of God made in the image of God. You are a little creator, a microcosm of the macrocosm. That is who you are. So right here, right now, I want you to feel that truth and everything that the church has told you from the beginning about how you are inherently separate from God, inherently detestable to God, that God God would naturally turn his face away from you and doom you to an eternity in hell because of who you fundamentally are. That is wrong, 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 wrong. Stop it. Get rid of it. The old programming serves you no more. There's nothing about you that is separate from God because you are the breath of God. If you need to receive this again, back this podcast up, listen to it over. Because right there and right now, we're not having any further discussion until you can let go of the fact that you are not separate from God and that you inherently are the breath of God already equipped with all the properties of God within you to be an expression of God. Perfect as you are. This is a lie. No more will I allow that a lie to live within your body, to, within my, to live within my body, and no longer will I tolerate that idea being cast upon other people. Woo, okay, well, that was the first line of the lyrics, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Okay, but you told me nothing good would I find inside. You told me of redemption for such a worm as I. Now, I pulled that for such a worm as I from a hymn. Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? But I thought it was so indicative that we spend Sunday after Sunday singing these it's the antithesis of affirmation, singing these curses over the truth of who we are. How can we know what it feels like to be valued as if we are kings and queens and divine expressions of God if, if the songs we're taught as children teach us that we are no greater than a worm? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Um, but I talk in this lyric about how committed I was to my walk. I was an extremely sincere boy on September 12th, 1988. I made a pact with God that I would spend three hours a day in the Bible, in prayer, until he would get rid of this thing inside of me, that thorn in my side. Obviously, I was referring to uh, my sexual preference that I knew very early at age eight years old even. So by the time September 12th, 1988 happened, I'm on the road. I'm doing Christian concerts every weekend. I am 12 years old. I am in in ministry and knowing that in order for me to be an open vessel used of God, I have to get, I have, I have to be healed of this. And so this next line, I threw myself upon the body of your Christ, abhorring all I was and all I felt inside. Don't you remember how like growing up in, in the church, they said, don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. You can't trust your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. Wow. With our feelings being our emotional guidance system, how silly is that? Um, it's just insane. But 
there I did it. I threw myself up on the body of your Christ, abhorring all I was and all I felt inside. And you know what? This very next line is very true. I held a standard any saint had ever set. Three hours of daily prayer didn't even clear my head. The book of law kept my young body trembling in its bed of fear. Anybody who comes to you with spiritual principles that are rooted in fear, you know right then and right there it's not of God. It's not of spirit. It's not of source. Because if people are using and selling fear to support their spiritual narrative, dismiss it right away. Because that is not of God. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind of love. Yes, no, yes, absolutely. Afraid to wake, to wake to find my spirit dead, I say. In the lyrics I said, and you said he would save me. Yes, remember the scriptures. I look back at it as a, as a kid where I was like, well, I know that it says right here, the scriptures that the blood of Christ heals me from all my iniquities and all of my infirmities. And I know that looking back as a kid, being healed from Crohn's disease, he healed me from my infirmities. So why can't he heal me from my iniquities? Like I am so dedicated to this path and all I want is to know that I'm healed and be of service to God. So then I ask in the lyrics, what now am I needing? Am I, am I, am I not what he made me? So it's so, and then I asked the question in the lyrics, where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? So this lyric comes from a place where you're beginning to realize like, well, hell, if, if, you know, if the Bible says the blood of Christ heals me from all my iniquities and my infirmities, and I have seen such wonderful miracles my whole life of God, you know, turning my crooked, my, the crooked legs of my, my, my brother's crooked legs straight, healing me of Crohn's disease, seeing miracles in the church, like being very familiar with miracles but he can't heal me from being gay? Like, what am I needing? Like, why is it? And there was no love to be found over this. So I, 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 um, I basically spend verse one saying, I did everything that you said I needed to do, including hate and loathe myself. You taught me, the church taught, the church taught me how to hate myself. So often that's the case, right? For many of us. And uh, yeah, and it says, reach out to me. Somebody tell me where love is hiding. I now believe that there's no truth in this bitter, sweet salvation. Why did I write that lyric back in the day? I wrote it because obviously if you're going to tell me that this salvation is supposed to heal me from my infirmities and my iniquities, well, if, if, if being gay is an iniquity, why is it that I have spent years being so devoted in conversion therapy and three hours of prayer and not even, and, and being completely devoted? Like, I don't see anybody in my support groups for six years of conversion therapy that actually was healed from it. that walked away wanting vagina, <laughs> you know? So what's the problem? What is it? You know? So, um, I asked myself, I, I now believe that there's no truth in this bitter, bittersweet salvation, the promise of being whole, but only if you walk through the door of self-loathing and suffering and denial 
of your own personal truth for the sake of fear, (laughs) for the sake of fear, for avoiding fear, right? Um, Verse two, it talks about, I coveted the sorrow and death of every martyr made. And I did, like when I was growing up, those martyrs were my heroes. They were like, I looked up to their ability to sacrifice everything for the sake of the call to be used of God. And and that was the spirit, but which that's still the spirit in a different context that I have with my music. Obviously I have this podcast to, to, as an outlet for that, but uh, you know, I really coveted that the death and sorrow that every martyr made and took this thorn into my side and bled in Yahweh's name. As I wrote 20 years of faith and fear and still you say I falter. And then finally the freedom comes in the lyric, I'm laying all this dogma dead upon the altar, sacrificing all of this dogma. And then reminding you in the pre-chorus, you know, uh, you said he would save me. What now am I needing? Am I not what he made me? And the whole attitude of that pre-chorus is very different. Like now I'm really like, am I not what he made me? Am I not perfect just the way that I am? Am I not a, an intentional expression of the divine? Well, yes, I am. So where's the love? Where's the love? Reach out to me. Somebody tell me where love is hiding. I now believe there's no truth in this bittersweet salvation. Bittersweet Salvation, one of the reasons that I kind of chose to make it almost real rocky and hooky and up-tempo was because of the intensity of this message, right? And I can tell you that's why that In the Name of God, which we spoke about last week, was recorded to be super hooky and up-tempo and catchy. Because I wanted people to be able to go away singing these songs even if they weren't conscious about what they meant, because I knew that unconsciously the message would get through. It's the same thing for uh, what we talk about next week with say it out loud on the gospel, according to Levi. Um, And I just had a lot of hard things to say and it really needed to be in a package that was very appealing to the ear. Right. So, um, Nevertheless, that was a song that brought a lot of um, a, a lot of disappointment to people who were super close to me, who were still a part of the church, um, and it also brought some uh, some pretty vicious letters from people who um, who uh, had appreciated the. Christian background of me, but like my husband says, Christian, but anti-Christian, but Christian, but (laughs) anti-Christian, you know? So, uh, it's a weird fence to sit on you guys, seriously. But, um, but I think one of the things that caused me to end the gospel, according to Levi with the hymn, it is well with my soul. Cause it was important for me to say, even with calling you out on this kind of behavior, I want you to rest assured that if you, in church language, say that the Holy Spirit is given to me as a comfort and a guide, and that if I lay myself before the Holy Spirit every day and I allow that comfort and that guide to guide and direct me, who are you to tell me that my relationship with Jesus Christ or my relationship with Spirit or my relationship is lacking because it doesn't, because my life doesn't look like yours? Why don't you just shut up and trust the Holy Spirit to do its job? Because it ain't none of your business. You know what I mean? So I liked adding on, it is well with my soul. Because I know it is well with my soul. And I can stand before the Holy Spirit every day in humility and willingness to be of service. And there's no issue here. They may 
look and create the issue. And many of them still believe that it is not biblical for me to have a husband. And uh, I probably know the Greek and the Hebrew and the original Aramaic better than they do, most of them. And I can tell them that that's not what the interpretations had anything in mind of that. So that they are, but you know what? It is well with my soul. And I'm not responsible for their soul, you know? So, um, really good conversation around that. And I, I think that it just is helpful, maybe, with the conversation around this album to realize that while I, and I'm, I'm talking to myself now, my love, it, it, it's, it's, um, it, it feels unfamiliar to have these conversations because I've just lived in, you know, in New York City and in LA and places where, like, it's just not a thing. Um, but now spending more time in Tennessee and, and being, uh, and, and rekindling friendships with people who, with friends of mine who were, who are still very much involved in the church. You know, I have to stand strong in my own personal convictions and say, it is well with my soul. And you may think without saying it, that it is not well with my soul, but you are not the spiritual authority. Uh, of my life. And that spiritual authority is so much greater than your outside God. It is running through everything, that infinite intelligence that is breathing through all of life and breathing through you as well, my love. Hey, maybe this is a great series of podcasts with this album for some of you young folks that are in some of my master classes at some of these colleges, because I know there's a few of you who still struggle with, with this issue and, 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 and are just trying to get through and not even at the place where you're going back, looking backwards and grabbing it and dealing with it and resolving it and thinking it through. This stuff is going to be here for you at any time. If you want to come back and listen to it, because you are, you are, fearfully and wonderfully made, as, as they say in the church. You're beautifully made. And um, to know that you are an extension of this infinite intelligence source of God, created the image of God, perfect as you are, a microcosm of the macrocosm, that drop in the ocean, um, then keep doing what you're doing to get through this. There's a whole community of people like myself who have gone through it already, and you're not alone. You are not alone. So keep that faith and don't forfeit your spiritual health because religiosity makes it difficult. You get to dive in, to lean in, to find your strength in your spirituality, to find strength in your faith and redefine it and look at it and, and carry on, right? And use it in a way that actually expands your life and improves it, enriches it. So I encourage you to, to do that very thing. And um, yes, yes, uh, we're, all, we're all with you. We surround you with great love and much faith in knowing that you're going to be all right, baby. You're going to be all right. All right. Listen, I will leave you guys uh, with the song, Bittersweet Salvation. And remember, please, paradise is yours to the degree that you can imagine it. Um, thank you once again for listening. And we will wrap up our conversations about the gospel according to Levi next week as we move right on into that virtual concert for the gospel according to Levi, which is August 29th. You can get your tickets at levichrist.com slash ticks. Thank you so much for being here. Love you guys. Talk to you next week.